Your attention, please. The Thunder Mesa Limited, now leaving for a grand circle tour through the realms of Imagineering, Model Railroading, and Disney Trains. All passengers, board! Howdy folks, welcome aboard the Thunder Mesa Limited. I am your host, Dave Meek, and I'm coming to you from Thunder Mesa Studio in historic Jerome, Arizona. This is the show where we talk to all kinds of creative folks from the worlds of model making, themed entertainment, trains, and Disney. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2, and today we are talking with Chris Raley of Route 9 Signs. Chris is a maker and miniature sign artist who creates highly detailed and highly sought-after recreations of mid-century commercial signs in miniature. Most recently, Chris was featured with host Norm Chan on Adam Savage's Tested Channel, and we are thrilled to have him here with us today to talk about signs, the art of making, and whatever else might come up. Our conversation with Chris Raley begins right after this important word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Lidemann Hyde Explosives. Stubborn Strata got your goat? Blow him away with Lidemann Hyde. Yes, you'll be shouting fire in the hole with Lidemann Hyde's full line of black powder, dynamite, fuses, and blasting caps clearing the way. But don't take my word for it. Just ask old Three Finger Joe from Calico. What do you do when the going gets tough, Joe? Well, dagnabbit, I light him and hide! Ha ha ha! boy, Joe. Remember that name, folks. That's Lightem and Hide Explosives, Sparks, Nevada, USA. Now available by the boxcar load. Void where prohibited by law, not intended for child laborers under seven years of age. Now, please welcome to the program my friend, Chris Raley. Hi, Chris. Hi. Good to be here. Thanks for doing this. I'm, I'm honored to be the least qualified guest you've ever had on your <laughs> Thank you for, like, like I said in my text, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a train guy. I'm not a former cast member or, or uh, Imagineer, and I'm not um, James Powell. So well, thank, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, that's one of the first questions I have for you. Why the hell don't you model trains? Don't you know this is a train modeling podcast? I mean, come on. Well, you know, I'm. I've, <laughs> trust me, I've been. I've been. Uh, I've been leaning that direction. I think that's that's kind of where this is all going to head. I'm just going to really? get in my shed and. Well, I, I would like to because it's uh, it's very interesting. There's a lot of lot that you can do with it. Just watching what you do and watching what James and yeah. does, Jason Jensen and all of it. There's so much that you can do, and I really want to. Uh, I want to. I want to do that for my own. Maybe not necessarily. For like content or whatever, but just do it for my own, my own little, uh, my own purposes. Just, just I would. Love. That's how sure. it starts, and then it becomes content. Right. <laughs> Everything right. becomes content. Everything. Uh, I just want to talk to the folks out there for a minute. If you're not familiar with Chris's work, Chris does these amazing uh, miniatures of signs, um, like uh, old neon signs and uh, uh, signs you would find on old motels and stores and drive-in theaters and things like that all across this great land of ours. Uh, have you always been interested in uh, Americana and uh, and uh, that kind of thing? You know, I, I always have, but it's always been kind of a... Well, I mean, like, uh, we used to have a book my daughter really liked. It was called Weird California. Mm. And it 
at a lot of and there's there's weird Texas, there's like weird weird United States, but yeah. books that have a lot of road like roadside attractions. So um, yeah, I've always been interested in kind of the roadside thing in general. When I was a kid, we made a few trips to Arizona. Um, actually went to went into Jerome when I was about five years old. I have wow. very, very faint memories of that. Uh, but Sedona, um, Flagstaff, you know, and a lot of a lot of the little roadside stuff. Like we, I, I went to the Flintstones, the Bedrock. It's still you know, there. Me, yes, uh, Meteor Crater. Uh, I remember going there. Um, and seeing a lot of the little, the, I wish I was, you know, it was wasted on young me, but I wish I could go back now and see all these things. But yeah, I've always been kind of the roadside attraction stuff. I really enjoyed that just mm-hmm. kind of the like, fun type of thing. And yeah. now, um, it, it kind of really, that kind of laid the foundation, the appreciation for that kind of stuff really laid the foundation for what I do now. Yeah. That's great. Hey, hey, give your shout, give your Instagram real quick. So if anybody listening is not familiar with their work, that you could they could go over there and look at it now and be familiar while we are talking. Yeah, it's it's root nine signs, all one word on Instagram. I do have a behind the scenes. It's the root nine signs experience. It's kind of a uh, mm-hmm. small account that or I show some some process things when I think about it. But the main page is root nine signs yeah. on Instagram. That's where I, that's where I remember to share everything i i have a website i have a, a facebook account those things are all very sporadic and outdated and um instagram right. is my main my main focus right it's hard to keep up on all that social media stuff it is. and i don't have the ability to cry i'm sure i could but like where you cross post when you post one thing and it goes out to all your social media i don't, I don't well know. you know since you're a big celebrity now you should probably get a social media manager to uh <laughs> To handle all that stuff for you. <laughs> this last week has been has been uh, is as close as I ever want to get mm. to being a celebrity, and it was just because I was in that video with Norm. But uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I mean, that's cool. How did you meet Norm Chan? Yeah. Norm started following me in. I went back and looked in um, kind of the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. And when I have somebody, uh, I've been a fan of Norm's since like 2016. I would listen to the Adam Savage, the still entitled the Adam Savage Project. Right. I would listen to that podcast with Will Smith and Norm and Adam, and I. That's where I first heard of Maker Fair. That's why I went to my first Maker Fair in 2018. Right. I didn't. I didn't know who anybody was at all. Um, and Norm started somehow started following me in 2020. And when I have somebody who I whose work I admire follows me, I will as they say, slide into their DMs and thank you, thank him. So I, I told Norm, hey, I'm a fan. Thank you for the follow. I appreciate it. And he said, you know, I like what you do. We should do a video some one of these things. And that yeah. was, you know, almost two years ago. And and I kind of panicked because, well, one, I would, just wasn't ready. Creatively, like my skill level, I was still working. I was still learning. And I, I was self-aware enough to realize I am not good enough to be in a tested video. But covid was raging and you know, still is but summer 2020 is when everything was shut down so that right. that kind of bought me some time um summer of 2021 it came up again we just we chatted he said hey maybe we'll have you come in and of course it, it didn't happen again but um our mutual friend james powell last fall invited me to set up a table at his booth for monster city studios at designer con in anaheim uh-huh. So that was like that was very generous of, of James to do that, and um, so I went down to DesignerCon, set up this table that I'm sitting at now, and wouldn't you know, about midday on Saturday, 
who's at my booth but Norm Chan from Tested. And so he he said he made a beeline to our booth. And it's nice having that mutual friend, having James there behind me, um, that he knows Norm. They work together with Magic Wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But uh, that kind of that kind of sealed the deal as far as we've met in person. He he sees that maybe I could probably handle myself on in a video. All right. You, you learn a lot about something. something and um, but then it, it became another kind of hypothetical. Well, one of these days we'll do we'll do a video. And um, a couple months ago, my daughter said she wanted to go to Napa for her 21st birthday. Wanted to ride the wine train. I said, "Cool, let's do this. Let's spend the night in San Francisco." And if you follow me, you know that I like to twin my signs. I like to make a sign and take it to the location of the real one. Right. About two about two weeks before the trip, I decided, "Hey, I'm going to make a couple of signs that are near our hotel, right by Fisherman's Wharf." And I just casually mentioned it to Norm. I said, hey, I'm going to be in town with a couple of signs. I thought you might find this interesting. Not thinking that he would invite me to the studio at all. And he said, that's great. You should come by and, and shoot a video. So I had about two weeks two weeks warning um, that we were going to be shooting that. So Norm came in. We did it on a Sunday morning. Norm came in all on his own, um, set it up, shot it edited it uploaded it norm handled the whole thing there was nobody else because they don't work on sundays they don't normally film on sundays but it was a very generous on norm's part to invite me to not only be on the show but to come in on his day off and yeah. handle all of it so it was, yeah. it was a neat experience well that's fantastic and, you know it's <clears throat> it's great that he followed up with you and it actually happened because so often <laughs> right. people oh. who are in the media they say things you, you know Oh, we should have you on. We should get together, and then it never happens. So that tells me a lot about Norm that he's a real genuine, a genuine guy, and and is truly fascinated and interested with making of all kinds. You know, it's not it's not an act. He really does love that stuff. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what he is. If you if you listen to Norm, if you've seen his videos, if yeah. you if you've ever seen what he produces in person, that's exactly how he is. It's not yeah. it's not you don't get one Norm and then the other one. Right. It, thing he's he's focused he's he's listening just you know he's one of those people that he walks into a room he's automatically the smartest person in the room you know he's <laughs> right he's, he's got that combination of, of brain but just um social skills that mm-hmm. a lot of times really really smart people might struggle with kind of the social side of things norm is like the best combination of those two things that i've ever met it's um, yeah it's rare in my experience to me people who are you know both uh, very good at uh, some sort of creative endeavor making and also uh, good at public speaking and being an educator and 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 uh, right that kind of thing which you are which is very nice to know too and as as are you i love i love your your videos i love your style i love how you present oh i'm just Thank faking you. it through those man you know that's from that's from being a bartender for ten years. I learned I could talk to anybody about anything. <laughs> that's how I worked my way through school. Um, and, if, and you got to meet the uh, the patron saint of makers too, uh, Adam Savage, while you were there. Purely by luck. You got a picture. We were, yeah. We were at the undisclosed location right. in the Mission District in San Francisco. Everybody okay. knows that. Right. And uh, and well, it's funny is the building is is subdivided. I I knew we were in the same building as a cave, but I never laid eyes on the cave. Ah, you walk in the door, big long hallway, and I kind of figured it out in my head, kind of where the cave was in relation to where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another nerdy thing, you know. But right. I'll, I'll send you my I'll send you my my little my little send me video. send me your napkin diagram. Uh, <laughs> but, 
So I, so it's so funny though is meeting, getting to meet Adam because I know people will stand in line for hours at like a, a convention to, a con, to get, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to to spit out ten words to Adam, you know, just to, to kind of spill their guts and then take a picture and move on. Right. But um, my daughter and I, when we finished up, I was thinking to myself, okay, I didn't get to see the cave, I didn't get to meet Adam. That's fine. I, I had no expectation of that. No, nothing right. was ever about that. Um, it was one of those things I thought, oh, it would be fun if it happened, but it didn't. And as I was walking out, we had to make two trips to the car. As I was walking out, I thought, remember this, enjoy this. This was your chance. You know, don't, um, you didn't get to do a couple of things, but it's still 100% an amazing experience. Right. Don't, um, don't let that ruin it for you. And as I was walking out the door, I thought, okay, we're going to come back and That'll be like the last time I walk in and out of this building. Right. And as I went back in to get the second, uh, the last couple of signs, Norm said, hey, when you start doing projection mapping, maybe we'll have you back on. We'll bring you back in. And so suddenly this once-in-a-lifetime thing turned into maybe not just once-in-a-lifetime. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But as, as we were walking out of the building, again, I'm just trying to like remember every, every little moment of it and savor it. Yeah. So we get to the door. Norm opens the door. And I hear him start talking to someone, and I, it sounded a little familiar, but I can't see out. And so eventually, my daughter and I we, we work our way out, and there's Adam. He just rolled up mm-hmm. in his one wheel, on just rolled wheel, yeah. wheel like coughing, <laughs> and um, and he's looking at me. And I understand from his perspective, you know, I'm, I'm positive he didn't know who I was that we were shooting a video or anything. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure he was at the level where Norm can make those decisions. And I didn't want him to think that, oh, I'm just a random fan who found the, this location and now I'm like forcing my way in and, and I'm going to, now he's got to show me around. You know what I mean? I didn't right, want him right, to right. Like, feel like now he has to be on because he's just showing up on a Sunday morning to go to work in his shop. Right. And um, so I just, uh, I made it real fast. I, I asked him to take a picture, took a picture. My daughter said, oh, I've watched Mythbusters my whole life. And mm-hmm. Adam said, oh, I, I hope you never blew anything up. We had a laugh. <laughs> you didn't try it at home, right? Well, and, yeah, and, and off we went because I know, I've had people that want, that I don't necessarily know, want to swing by my house and see everything, see my house and, and my shit, my shop and all that. And I'm like, oh, I don't, this is where I live. And I got my wife and my, my son and it's just not the best. So I didn't want I didn't want to make the boss. I didn't want to upset the boss. I right. wanted our, my interaction to be quick and and out the door, so that if they invite me back, you know, and if he remembers it at all, at all, it'll be like, oh yeah, he was he was pleasant. He wasn't a, a, a weirdo creep trying to, uh, <laughs> to trying to now dump his life story in my lap. Tell me what I mean. It was just. I think that the, the time spent with Adam was anywhere from like thirty to like forty five seconds. It was very quick. Right out the door because I didn't, I didn't want to um, wear out my welcome. That's, that's great. You know, and I, and people ask me what, what, uh, what YouTube channels I watch and mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, maybe four or five that I watch when I have time on a regular basis. And at the top of the list is uh, Adam Savage's uh, tested channel. It's just because it's, it's, you know, it's not specifically about modeling. It's not specifically about uh, miniatures or it's certainly not about Disney. Um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, he, he does a great job of, of getting across the passion and uh, philosophy behind making anything, 
which is right. uh, very admirable. Yeah, like him a lot. Right. I've learned a, I've learned a lot from just hearing him talk and, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of learning you know, like the process of iteration and small scale experiments. I kind of mentioned that when I was talking with Norm, right. but I do a lot of that type of stuff just yeah. because I learned that approach from him. Let's talk Whether, about that. Let's let's yeah. talk about your process because I was going to ask you. Do you, you you know you get an idea, you see a sign that you want to, you, you want to model. Uh, obviously, you take pictures. Or you you get you get pictures off of Google Image Search, which is something we all do, right? right. And um, do you sketch it out first? I mean, how do you how do you start? What I first do is I kind of mentally digest a sign. Like yesterday, I'll, I'll give you a prime example of I had someone ask me about a sign yesterday. It's a it's an El Camino Motor Hotel in mm. Albuquerque in Albuquerque. Right. And it is, it's a very large sign, but I, I, I started, first thing I do is I just kind of take in the big picture. What are the, what are the, how many elements are there? And this sign had four different elements. It had a panel up at the top. It's um, very tall. It, it has, uh, let me start with the posts. It has a couple of angled posts there in the ground and they splay out at an angle. They, they go up, they intersect four different boxes of the sign like diagonally they kind mm-hmm. of intersect box and then there's a, a diagonal crossbar that attaches these poles so i just i looked at that sign i count how many different like smaller signs are in within the bigger picture right um i start to think about well am i going to have to 3d print this to make this work if it's if everything is 90 degrees and the poles are vertical and the sign is square i can laser cut that and make a channel in mm-hmm. my layers of wood but if it's now at an angle, I might have to do some 3D printing, some 3D modeling. So I, I basically I look at the sign. I can almost tell right away if it's something I can or can't make. Um, and then I start to break it down into like larger, smaller pieces, but not the, the little details. The little details I know I can do, like the neon and the painting of the letters. I try to address the structure of the sign. How am I going to make mm-hmm. this? stand up and, and with, with stand being shipped, you know, that's one of the things I have right. in the creation, but I will just look at the overall shape and kind of do a mental inventory of all of the, the different components. The smallest element that I want to faithfully recreate, I try and find that yeah. and see if that's going to be an issue. Um, if it's a sign that has bulbs in the arrow, like it has a, a bulb arrow, I need to figure out what size of like pre-made thing that I like a, a substitute for bowls. Like I use a uh, map pins. I use the yep. little plastic map pin and you can get those in like eighth inch and quarter inch sizes. So I have to figure out, okay, am I going to be using a little eighth inch? I can get some, like some two millimeter little glass pins if I need to, but I just, I just, I, I digest it uh, in, in chunks. I wor- I don't even worry no- so much about the lettering and all of that. That comes at the end. I just need to. I look at it first to see if I can actually make the structure of the sign itself. Because, right. unlike a building, a sign can do whatever the hell it wants. A building has to have you know ceiling and walls and a floor and a door, but a sign can look like a rocket ship. It can be a candy cane. It can be a. Um, it can be anything. So there's a, a giant lot. clown with a drum. It it could be a giant clown with a drum like I have over, <laughs> my and you know it doesn't have to conform to necessarily like to code again like a building or a structure mm-hmm. it can be whatever the hell it wants so i have to be able to recreate it in, in my right. scale and and there are a lot of times where i'll see a sign that has a lot of 
elements like maybe like a steel beam poking out with like a star out on the end of it mm-hmm. scale it down to my size that little rod or steel pole that's sticking out on mine is going to be maybe like a millimeter so mm-hmm. it's like meter around so now i have to find like some spring steel or music right. wire that's a millimeter that i'm going to be able to have hanging out in space because on a real sign that might be a, a you know a, a big piece of steel sticking out there but when you shrink right. it down I have to I have to meet the I want it to look right, but it also has to be strong enough to survive at that scale. So it's there's there's a lot of different a lot of different things I look So there's at, a ton of thought that goes into it. You got you gotta look at it and say, first of all, can I do this? And right. all, and that decision requires knowing what your scalable is, what the materials are and how you can work with those materials, what tools are required to work with those materials. Et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that translates to any kind of making. I was going to ask you, do you have any kind of art background? Uh, did, did, you, did, you, did you draw or anything like that? I tried when I was a kid. I tried yeah. uh, drawing. I was not very good at it. I, the only actual, like, I guess, formal training yeah. that I had is about, is about 10 years ago. I graduated from, I went back to school, yeah. and I earned my... Uh, Teaching credentials. I have, I, I'm a credential, twice credential teacher. Yeah. I'm working on. But one of the things in the credential program is you have to pick a, what they call a concentration. It's almost like a minor, but you have to pick a concentration. And that could be like math, science, English, mm-hmm. physical education, children in the arts. And that's the yeah. one that I took, yeah. was children in the arts. And so I, I took a, I took a beginning drawing class, beginning painting class, a puppetry class, mm. his, art history classes. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, like, I guess, formal training I have is that everything is self-taught. I mean, I, I wish right. I could go back and have taken some graphic design classes because that would probably make my process easier. But um, it, it would it would give you prejudices that you don't have now. Well, that's that, that's absolutely true because I know people I I know people who are, who are graphic designers who can't scroll their Instagram page without just going nuts about some stuff. You know what I mean? There well, here's what would happen. You'd be looking at a sign that's historic. You have the pictures. You have the actual measurement. You figured it out. And as a graphic designer, you'd be going, you know, I really want to fix the kerning on those letters. I want to... <laughs> right. You'd be wanting to improve it or change it or, you know, they should have used this font. Uh, well, uh, someone like me, all I <laughs> kerning is, is, is it's a word the graphic designers use a lot. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's all kerning kerning uh, is the... Uh, the relative space between the letters that's in a, in, in a word. Yeah. And, it's, that is, and, and, that is, and there's, there's a whole art to it. And it's, it's a particular point of contention among a lot of graphic artists because uh, a, a lot of fonts out of the box, um, you know, they're designed by well-meaning people and uh, often very good graphic designers design these fonts, but to, to, to design a font with the, now we're really getting down the rabbit hole with, <laughs> With with the kerning correct for every possible cl- uh, combination of those letters is next to impossible. So you really have to be able to go in and have an eye for it after the fact and adjust, especially yeah. if you're doing something like a logo. So so it's always like it's always a joke among graphic designers. They really should have paid more attention to the kerning, and that's not right. Anyway, um, the reason I asked about the art background is because when you were describing your process of how you think about uh, going into, uh, you know, how, how you think about how the sign's going to go together. It's very similar, very similar to a, a, a landscape painter. 
or someone who draws. You, you break, you know, the, the the trick to being able to draw anything is is the ability to break it down into abstract shapes. You know, squares, triangles, circles, rectangles, you know, polygons, all that stuff. You be able to break it down and understand how those the relationships of those shapes work together. So it's a very very similar. So you're a quick study. <laughs> I you know I, I try I've I've slowed it down a little bit. There have been the times though where I've I've kind of shot myself in the foot where I will um well, my my doggies are woofing um yeah. where I will just kind of gloss over a detail and not think too much of it right and say yeah and commit to a piece and then when I get to that I'm like oh crap how how did I forget this one of the things I can think of is the um the dunes sign in Las Vegas the, mm. the original dune sign it has these gold kind of drape these columns that right. drape down. i remember that they have like onion like onion shapes where it's like mm. it's a column but then it splits and makes like an onion shape and it it does that all the way down right well there's that little piece of the, the sign which that's fine i can cut that out of out of acrylic but when i started really looking at it there are also vertical like poles or rods that run down the center of those mm. probably structural or it may i don't it, maybe it's conduit i don't know or it's part of the design and then at the halfway point there's a, a horizontal one that lines up perfectly in a cross in like the very dead center um and so as i'm making the piece i'm like oh crap i hadn't thought about that part but that's that's part of the look of the sign i need to incorporate that so right. sometimes sometimes i will get tunnel vision I'll, I'll i will just completely blank on one detail and mm-hmm. then drive me that's if i if i leave it out it looks like i'm cutting corners so i I will have to figure out a way to go back and 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 fix that and replace it so i don't always get it right the first time but i'm pretty good at at adjusting and i will completely start over and do something again if i feel like i need to that that is the main thing when i think when making anything is to not be afraid to say well you know i screwed this up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's time. Yeah, I got to start over again. I got to do it again. Everything is, everything is a learning experience. I will oftentimes test things out. I will, I will make something knowing with the intention of not using it at all. Mm-hmm. No matter how it comes out, I know the second time I make it will be better. Right. And a lot of times I will, um, I will kind of sabotage it so that I can't use it. I will, I will cut a stencil backwards. If I'm testing a technique, or I want to paint on a certain surface or do mm-hmm. something. I'll cut a stencil on my vinyl cutter backwards. Yeah, I'll still get the result. I'll still be able to see if it works, but right. it's backwards, so I'm going to have to redo it. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to do it. Now, now, how long have you been making signs? How long have you been doing this? Um, I would say that like, I started seriously making them at the um, late 2018. Wow. I tinkered for about – I started kind of tinkering with the idea of signs as, as art. I was just coming off making a bunch of jewelry – um, which is where I learned how to use a laser and a vinyl cutter. And I was kind of burned out on that and I wanted something new to make. And I was overhauling a bedroom into kind of a mid-century modern lounge type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it slowly evolved into like, I'd like to say like mid, mid sixties NASA break room. I have a, a big tanker desk. Mm-hmm. I made a Saturn piece of Saturn five wall art. That's about six feet tall. Wow. Um, and as I'm looking for ideas on how to decorate, decorate this room, I start coming across these amazing neon signs. Like Moon Motel, Apollo Liquor, 
um, Astro Motel, which is a sign that used to be here in Fresno. And if you look up over my shoulder, you can see there's a very poor painting of Astro Motel. Back 10, 11 years ago when I was taking these painting classes at, at school, when I was getting my teaching credential, I would come home and try and paint. And so that's like my, that up there from about 10 years ago is like my first little inkling of, hey, I'm into signs, or at least mm -hmm. I was into that hotel sign. I didn't, it wasn't much beyond that. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that so many people even were uh, into that sign. It, I, I remember looking on Instagram, search for Astro Motel, and there's all these people from all around the world who have stopped here in Fresno and took pictures of that. And I yeah. thought, wow, I thought I was the only person who appreciated that sign. <laughs> But so like my first little little thing, little hint of, of signs as art is this thing up here on the wall. It's a very, very basic painting. But um, so I I decided I wanted to tinker with making signs. I didn't know what size to work, what size to make them, what scale to work in. I still don't know anything about scales. But I tinkered around for about a year, ended up making a piece. I was never, I would start things but never finish them. And I decided if I'm ever going to, I need a goal in mind if I'm going to actually make a piece. And, mm. and my goal was I want to give something away. I want to make a, a sign as a gift for somebody. I have a, a friend in Bakersfield who has a son with autism. Yeah. And um, I made a sign for him that had his favorite movies on it. And I mailed it to him out of the blue. His wife knew about it, but I, I sent it to him and he, he loved it. Yeah. And I, that, was, that was really neat. Let me make a couple more. And I, I made two more that I also gave away. And then I, I thought, well, I don't have anything for my own collection, which if you see that tested video, you'll see the Apollo liquor sign that Norm and I are talking about. Yeah. That's the first sign that I made for my own collection. And it mm. took me almost a month to figure out how to make that. Yeah. But I knew that I knew that I was I was it was something I really wanted to do. And I'm not a big fan of crowded spaces like uh, in just in person and in general. For someone who likes to go to Disneyland, I'm not a big fan of, of crowded spaces. Hey, me too. <laughs> but I'm also not I'm also not a fan of crowded creative spaces. I don't want to make something that literally tens of thousands of other people are doing. And I, I explored getting into some fine woodworking. I explored getting into like fancy box making. I was even going to make mid-century modern um, like jewelry boxes based on mid-century modern furniture, like oh. furniture. From 60s you're giving really. that idea away for free now somebody's gonna start uh, yeah. doing it <laughs> that's a great that's idea fine. and that's fine because i i couldn't i i ended up not doing it i have vision issues I, i'm lucky i'm not i'm lucky i'm not blind i don't have uh, any depth perception and i don't see straight lines so i have my vision issues are uh, a little too hard to overcome to do that kind of work plus there was something that uh is called gatekeeping that i really ran into <laughs> Um, because I was, you know, joined a Facebook group, like a box making Facebook group, and mm -hmm. it's got 10,000 members and God help you if you're a new person with a question, because you are, uh, you are the, the, at the bottom rung of a, you know, of a, of a really, really, pardon my language, crappy ladder. I'll, I'll, I'll bleep it a little bit, but you, um, you're lower than the lowest of low as a new person trying to figure things out with, with, a lot of groups there's a lot yeah. of there were a lot of gatekeepers and that's kind of been yeah. one of my things is i didn't like that i thought well even if i really enjoy doing this type of work um i don't really like the other people who are doing this kind of work so 
I'll find something else. And when I started looking into signs, there weren't that many people. There was maybe someone who made one here or made a sign that was part of another piece. Mm -hmm. But somebody just actually making signs themselves as a thing wasn't really happening. So there are more people now. There are people that that have told me that I've inspired them to do that. And I think that's awesome. Um, But I I kind of found a little, like a little uninhabited creative corner and, and I stepped into it and i've stuck around so your it's your own niche yeah yeah well that's it, you know it, it, that's great it's hard to find that kind of thing I, I i try to tell people find something that nobody else is doing and it, it's i try to make it sound easy but it's not you right. have to really you have to have an intersection of what you want to do and what what people aren't already doing and that's not easy a lot of times i think you know you you mentioned gatekeeping there's an awful lot of gatekeeping in the model railroading hobby i i <clears throat> i hate to say um, um, you know, I call it train splaining. Uh, right. <laughs> there's a lot right. of that that goes on. And, um, but I think this is true for, for, uh, any kind of making or art for that matter, in my experience is, um, if the idea sounds crazy to you, you should probably do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if other people are saying, nah, it doesn't sound great, you know, that, why would you want to do that? You should do this safe thing over here I've seen 10,000 of on Instagram. No, right. if, it sounds, right. if it sounds like a crazy idea, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to give yourself permission to do that, to go into right. that space and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm gonna, uh, this is something that I'm excited about. Right. Nobody else is. But I'm a firm believer that if you um, if you do what you're what you're passionate about and um, you develop the skills and you do it to the best of your ability, you will attract an audience of people who are like minded and, and will enjoy what you're doing also. And that's certainly right. been true and in your case. Yeah, it, it is, and it's funny. It's it's like I've gone through. It's like different groups have discovered my work at different stages. It was um, mm-hmm. at first. It was the at first it was the the sign people yeah i'm not sorry landscapers here it was the sign people it was um people that are now some of my some of my closest friends yeah um guys you know will hansen steve spiegel um guys that are imagineers and uh, graphic designers and artists accomplished artists in their own right that are like hardcore sign nerds those are the people that i attracted first and then after that I started the maker crowd, the maker um, right. world. That's when I, I like I kind of moved into that world, and then I um, and then now it's like miniaturists and other and just kind of like the general public is starting to discover what I do. So it's yeah. kind of funny how I've worked my way through these different groups of, of people discovering my work. And there's been it's incredible because there are some amazingly talented people, people who are like world class artists in their own right who have started following me and who actually own some of my work. And it's just, it floors me that, that someone like, um, like Michael Giacchino, the composer who mm-hmm. does the music for, for up and the Incredibles and, and right. Batman and all of this stuff. He's, he's best in the world at what he does. Right. And he has a, a piece that I, he asked me to remake his childhood movie theater, Yeah, you know, and I got, and I got to meet him and we've actually been in discussion about making his, uh, his home office, which you'll like this. It's based on the, uh, 
is based on the ride building for the the jungle cruise at Disneyland. Oh, from what I cool! So we've we've talked about <laughs> about coming over to his house and, and mapping that all out and trying to probably spending a year making that model. Mm-hmm. But um, just being exposed to some really incredible people. It's getting into miniatures and signs has been life changing for me. From um, you know we have a child with with severe special needs. I'm a stay at home dad. I take care yeah. of him. And spent years and years just being isolated with no. The only only friends I had were other people who were also miserable because of autism. We were all kind of trapped on this this same boat. And um, but now I, I have friends who, and I'm not knocking the the folks that I that I knew and that were my friends. You know, we're all victims of, of circumstance. But it was like there was no escaping it. It's like I I don't want to hang out and talk about autism. I don't want to go to another autism related event i want to do something separate from that i want i want to kind of be able to breathe and now you know i went from being really isolated and not having hardly anybody uh any personal friends like that i would ever do anything with now wherever i go there's there's people that i know i like when i go to la there's there's you know i have more friends in la than i do here in fresno um, people that I actually have met in person. So it's really nice that at, at this age and at this point in my life, I'm finally finding the people that that um, that make me happy, that, right. that I enjoy their company. Because I've been kind of an introvert my whole life, and this is now, um, this is really has exposed me to a lot of amazing people. Well, hell, James, we, we talked about, I was joking about James Powell earlier about how I'm not him, but just one of the kindest, most creative people. Yeah on the on the planet and as far as like a, a scale model maker and diorama maker it's hard to beat him yeah. i mean worldwide it's hard to beat him and he lives right here you know he's mm-hmm. right here in town and how what just an amazing yeah not just as a resource like if i have questions but just you know he's a, he's a friend now and, yeah. and to be exposed to someone like him um, I wouldn't know James if I wasn't doing this. I, I did the jewelry and everything for years and we never crossed paths. But now right. that I'm doing this, I, you know, I've, I've connected with him and, yeah. and that friendship led to, led me, you know, to finding you and to meeting Norm and getting on the video and meeting Adam Savage. So it's, it's crazy how it all just, it all goes back to me deciding, Hey, I'm going to make a sign and see what happens. Right. You got to follow just, your, you got to follow your passion. You know, that's, it's such a cliche. It's such a, you know, Hobby Lobby sign. Follow your bliss, you know, but it's right. <laughs> right. There is a kernel of truth in every cliche. And, you know, the kernel of truth is y- y- you have to do something for yourself. You have to feed that creative seed inside of you or it will wither and die. Right. You know, and then what's the point? Uh, right. you, you really have to do something. And, of course, you will you will meet your tribe. You will meet the the other creative people that think that you know that see what you're doing and think that's really cool um look at this cool thing i did you know and the sharing goes back and forth that's why i am so fundamentally opposed to gatekeeping of any kind in 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 just any kind of making in any kind of hobby or artistic creative and artistic endeavor it's usually only people that want to um show off you know what they know you know, right. they're not really trying to help. <laughs> they're just saying, right. here, here, no, don't look at him. Look at me. Let me explain right. to you everything that's wrong with this. Uh, right. You know, Teddy Which Roosevelt is... had a great uh, speech about uh, the man in the arena and how easy, easy it is to be a critic. 
rather than right. I can't quote it because I don't remember it right now off the top of my head. But the, the gist right. of it is, is it's much easier to criticize than to do. Right. And I don't know where I'm going with this tangent, but yeah, you, no. you know, do do your thing and and your people will find well, you, especially in this day I, and age I, with social media. You know, it's well, it, it yeah, can be a blessing or a curse. But I firmly believe if you share that creative spark, you you become a positive influence on all of that horrible mess and right. other positive things will come to you. Right. And it's taken me a while to kind of learn that, to kind of grow into that and mature, um, even in recent years, mature. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a, I remember a few years ago looking back um, and I, I mean, he might listen to this and it'd be kind of funny if he does, but I remember seeing a guy making these miniature signs and he's, is he got a picture kind of over his shoulder and he's working on one and he's stringing EL wire through mm. it. And, and I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, this guy's, this guy is in trouble because this stuff is very hard to work with. Right. This poor guy, not well, you know, so there was that aspect of it, but there was also that aspect of, Hey, there's someone else doing what I do. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it, my, my, my immature, you know, I was kind of immature at the time, but I was kind of like, Hey, almost a little territorial. I never said anything to anybody. I never, I never, it was all internal. I just felt like kind of like, Hey, that's my thing. What's this guy doing? And, um, and instead of trying to, um, be a jerk towards that guy, try to act like I'm, you know, who are you doing this thing that I do? Yeah. Um, I, I ended up reaching out to him. His name is Mike battle. Um, and Mike is one of my best friends. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. I've met him. I met his wife. Yeah. He was making signs for his, uh, for his wedding, like centerpieces for his wedding. Uh, every, every table had its own little perfectly lit EL wire neon sign. Wow. Just an incredible accomplishment. And it took him, it took him a year, year and a half. Their wedding was postponed because of COVID. Right. Um, but it took him a long time to make these pieces because EL wire is very fickle. And mm -hmm. I think he'd be the first one to admit it. But there's one of those things where I can either uh, try to gatekeep. I can either try to um, try to discourage. I can either I can try to talk trash and make myself feel better right. by, by putting him down. Or I can be like, wow, dude, that's cool. I want to see more of what you do. And then and then it turns out he's one of the nicest people on the planet. Um, very supportive of what I do. Um, just genuinely yeah. Um, a fantastic human being. And it's one of those things where if I were a gatekeeper, if, or if I was somebody who felt threatened by other people doing similar work to what I do, I never would have that relationship with him. Right. And then there's all these other people that he works with. He works on a very, um, well, I'll say it, he works on the Simpsons. And so now I have three or four friends who are, who work on the Simpsons and, and me being a lifelong Simpsons fan, I never thought I would ever, you know, I mean, it's like it's like who am I to now be friends with all these people who work on this show that I've loved for thirty years? And it's right. it's you know it's a combination of what I I'm doing now with my signs, but it's also my attitude um, that I've I've opened up to these people and I've been rewarded with some really amazing friendships and and amazingly talented and creative people in my life. So right. um, you know, had I chosen the route of 
quote, gatekeeping, none of that would have happened. And, and you know, I'm sure there are people out there that think I'm a jerk and rightfully so, but at least, <laughs> you know, not everybody does. Not everybody does. Uh, well, you know, it's just it's such such a good point, and it bears repeating. I mean, if you try to close, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing. You know, if you try to close other people off, you're basically closing yourself off. You're yeah. you're. This is all very Zen and Buddhist. Uh, you're closing yourself off from from those possible experiences and those friendships and those people and the, and the, that that right. uh, creative. Um, alchemy that comes with knowing lots of other creative people and and i get some of that 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 mantra i get i got uh, developed it from listening to adam savage and watching adam yeah. work and i i i mentioned this to norm it didn't get into the video we talked about it beforehand but my goal in in all of this is to um improve my skill get better at what i do right. but i hope because I've been inspired by, by people like you, by people like, like James Powell and oh, Jason shucks. Jensen, um, going on <laughs> into the maker world like Jimmy Duresta, right. uh, Bob Claggett, all of those, those makers who have shared that information have made me better at what I do. And what I want to do is I want to inspire someone to start building signs like I do or miniatures or whatever, mm -hmm. because those people are going to put their own spin on it. They're right. going to develop their own techniques. And pretty soon I'm going to be learning from them. Right. And that's that's like my ultimate goal now is to have somebody start doing this because of me and then for them to say, look how I do this and for me to learn. You know, what I mean, right. it's, I want to get better. I want to learn from them the way mm -hmm. they learn from me. Right. Um, so I you know, when you say Zen, that's kind of where I am now. I don't I don't keep secrets. I, I try and share as much as I as I can because mm -hmm. I want somebody to get to get better at this than I've been able to get right. because, um, and as far and in the world of signs of signs are increasingly, um, I should say decreasingly common. They, every day a sign gets torn down an old, beautiful neon sign. And there's a lot of preservation efforts, but none of that happens without awareness. So mm -hmm. I've, I've created people who were not sign fans. I have people who are now sign fans because right. of my work. You've raised and they'll, awareness, they're, they're, yeah. they're now aware of, of the old signs in their city. And, you know, not everybody is going to turn into a sign preservation person, but, you know, you're going to get a few people who will take that and run with it and and get a sign preserved in their hometown that mm -hmm. that might have gotten torn down. Right. So I, I feel like the more people that I can reach, the more awareness I'm going to build um, and just the more signs that are going to be safe. So it's kind of a I'm kind of like seeding, seeding the ground with all these sign fans in the hopes that we we start um preserving these pieces of art and history and not just ripping them out whenever someone wants to put in a new condo. Right. Because it makes the world a more interesting place to be in. To it have does. those things, to have those little pieces of history around. Well, one of, one of the, one of the neat things about signs is whenever I bring up the Astro Motel, I'll get people, I'll get 10 people messaging me saying, Oh yeah, I lived in this part of California. Right. And <clears> every time we drove down 99, that was like a, a landmark. It's like, Oh, we're in Fresno. There's the Astro Motel sign. That was like, they're halfway or they're hour from home sign, but you know, it was right on the freeway. It was a landmark. Yeah. It was a, it was a landmark. Exactly. Right. And you know, when I drive to LA, there's a handful of signs that I see that are like, kind of like my landmarks, but in the, in like the three or four years I've been doing the signs, several of them have disappeared from the side of the road. They're just, you, you, 
drive down to LA and it's there and then you go back down in two months and it's gone and you yeah. have no idea it's 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 already been scrapped it's in you know or it's in someone's private collection which mm-hmm. at least it still exists but but it just disappears and now it will never be it'll never be replaced yeah you know and so we were losing those those landmarks one thing I like about signs is they tend to outlast the buildings yeah. that they they represented like a lot of old motels and things like that the motels would be long gone but for whatever reason, the sign still sits there for decades after the motel. Right. Like Moon Motel in New right. Jersey is one of my favorites. I have a little drawing of it right here over my shoulder. Moon Motel, the the hotel itself has been de- been gone for I believe at least a decade, but the sign is still there. So that means there's still hope that someone can save it, mm-hmm. preserve it, um, store it until it can be properly displayed or restored. But um, yeah, signs tend to outlive outlive the businesses they represented. And I think that's kind of neat because they are survivors in in every uh, you know in, in every um, definition of the word, I guess. Right. It's also an interesting. I mean, if you want to get real meta and art artsy about it, it's all a very it's it's an interesting commentary on uh, the commercial culture that we live in. Because what are signs doing? They're they're trying to attract our attention to get us to go to this place and spend money. You right. Know, it's it's very much a a peak capitalism here it is especially you know mid-century sciences there's, there's like right. there's like there's no subtlety about them they're very much in yeah. your face flashing you know come here now spend money yeah. there's there's <laughs> a little place here in fresno and i don't know how long it'll be there i don't know much i don't know anything about the origin the the, the age nothing i was just driving downtown one day and there's this little like white brick building with some glass windows very dusty, dirty, been shuttered, looks like been shuttered since probably the 70s or longer. But up at the very top, there's a rusty neon sign that says Rainbow Cafe. Hmm. And when you see this building painted white and just real decrepit and falling apart, you don't, the, the, you know, a rainbow is like the last thing that comes to mind right. when you see it. But there's this sign that says Rainbow Cafe. And I think about the history. I think about not only the the person who who bent the neon for it and who painted the can and all of that, but the business owner themselves. That that sign was their not only uh, like a business investment, but I'm sure that was their pride and joy. I'm sure at some point someone walked out into the middle of the street and clicked that sign on and stood there, right. and that was their dream come true. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's more than just a rusty old piece of metal and glass on the side of a building. Right. It is someone's life dream or life, you know, like their. Um, yeah, like like their dream. It, it's their dream. It's their art. Is their their investment. Their time. It's part of their story. Right. And I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know very many details other than what I've already told you about it. But you know, it is now. It's 2022. That sign hasn't lit up for for who knows how long. If right. it's lit, up, even been lit since you know the 70s or the 80s. But I I like to think that. Um, you know, maybe someone out is is out there that, that worked on that, that like built that sign and, and put it up. And how neat would it be for them to know that here today, you and I are sitting talking about it on the podcast, and I'm I'm talking about it with you, and it's going to be shared. Their artwork, this thing that they created right. a lifetime or longer ago, is still making an impact on someone because we are sitting here talking about. So it's a form it. of We're legacy. Kind of, it's a form of legacy. It, yeah. It is. It's yeah. like you know the movie. Um, what's the, the 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 Disney movie? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Little boy with the guitar. Um, Coco. 
Coco, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. the um, the Dia de los Muertos, the, the, the idea that the picture keeps the, the memory of the person mm-hmm. alive. Like right. as long as there's someone who remembers that person, you know, a lot of times, you know, when the, when a sign is gone, that's it. But, you know, I, I have a motto that's, you know, no sign is gone forever. That's kind of like my, my little slogan. Right. And I like to think that that what I'm doing is a little bit of keeping that alive. You just, you know, even if the, the real sign is gone, it exists in photographs. People take pictures of it and all that. But in the physical form, mm-hmm. it no longer exists except here on my desk or, you know, in my hallway or in someone's collection. So I, I feel like. I'm kind of honoring that whole, just that the whole thing, the the universe around that sign, the people who made it, the people who, who paid for it, the person who designed it. Right. I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping that trying to keep, and I, I know it sounds like I'm making it way more important than it is, but I'm <laughs> I'm trying to just kind of honor all the people that, that did that work in the in the first place because it has really changed my life now all these decades later as it has. Um, made such a positive impact on me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, let me get that. You gotta take that? Uh, no, it's an unknown number, so I'm oh, good. They're, pro- they're calling about your car's extended warranty. They've been trying to reach yeah. you. Oh my God, they've been, oh. <laughs> So, hi, this is so-and-so from, from the, you know, from the warranty department. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a rule. Yeah. I don't talk to robots. Or recordings. I, I just don't. No, sorry. I do. I, I do swear at them. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you scammers and spammers out there are listening, um, most people don't talk to robots. I, I mean, it must work because people fall for it. Right? They keep doing it, so must somebody must fall for it. Right. Um. You know, I, I had these questions for you. You've answered most of them already. I spent a lot of time. I ask this this question a lot because this is something I do, and I want to see if other uh, creative people and makers do it or if I'm just weird. Uh, I spent a lot of time um, just looking at my models after they're done. Mm-hmm. I asked Jason this too. Um, so, you know, I, do you enjoy the process of making them more or do you enjoy simply having the item when it's done? I I enjoy the process of making them more. Mm-hmm. That's where I get my. I do enjoy looking at them. Yeah, I do have a, a, a small collection. I haven't really built any signs for myself in that of, or of like my my current quality level. Um, I'm starting to re- recognize the the value in having some pieces to set up. Like if you go to do designer, if you go to do interview, a, for example, yeah, right. I now have some examples of my my current work, but I honestly. Once I've solved all the, to me that it's in it's the mystery of how am I going to make this? Once I've solved all of the, the mysteries of the piece, mm-hmm. I'm pretty cool with it heading out the door, um, and letting someone else look at it, um, because I'm I'm kind of on to the next thing. The the enjoyment for me is the figuring out of the piece, the figuring out how it goes together. Yeah, yeah the problem solving. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I grow just by looking at my stuff. I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy it. I have a, a nook in the hallway. Every time I go to the bathroom in my house, it's like a road trip because I'm passing <laughs> Roy's, Roy's Cafe and Circus Liquor and I'm passing all of these crazy iconic signs that are in a little nook in my hallway. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't – I will stop and stare at pieces that, I've, that I'm currently working on, but I don't really stop and stare at these anymore because mm-hmm. it's kind of old hat. Um, but I, I would much rather – 
move on to the next one and kind of look back at what I've what I've done. Right. If that makes if that makes any sense. No, I that makes that makes a lot of it. sense. Uh, with me, I look at the stuff and, I'm, and I'm, what I see is all the mistakes and the flaws and things I would do differently. <laughs> right. Uh, because we're all yeah, our, watched, own, our own worst critics, right? I watched that. I watched that tested video, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's some cat hair on that one that I didn't brush off. And, oh my gosh, there's a there's a bulb <laughs> missing on the bottom of the Vegas sign. Oh, I was, I'm just like kind of mortified watching it. Yeah. Like ah, there's all the stuff I, I missed, but yeah. I, well, I someone it. will let you know down in the comment section if there's anything wrong. They will. They will. They no, will nobody they'll let has, you know. Nobody, nobody caught the bulb. Said, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody's nobody has said anything yet. So yeah, I am my my own worst critic. But um, but yeah, I enjoy the I enjoy the the making and the problem solving mm-hmm. more than more than the finished piece, unless it's a really special piece. Yeah. Like the Chinatown one that I made not too long ago. That was I sat and stared at that one for quite a bit before I delivered it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful piece. I mean, that was thank that you. Turned out was, very nice. Thank you. It was very out of character for me to make such a big thing and, and to, to light it. And I mean, that was a beast to figure. It took me a month. So you're moving into my territory now. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm going to start making signs. You know, you should. You should. That's what I tell people. You should I make should make signs. some of those national park signs we were talking about. You should. You'd be able to nail that. I might you really would. Well, you see, the, the mythology of my layout, you know, is that it, um, it, it, continued to exist because much of it was protected as as a national monument nature's mm-hmm. wonderland national monument so i've always wanted to right. make i got i have one that i made that i just printed out and put on foam cords up on the wall i'd like to make a real national park sign for it you know that's all yeah engraved and everything like they did oh yeah yeah you absolutely can do that you have you possessed the skills to do that yeah just not the time <laughs> that's that's the that's the trade-off like right now what's nice about time is i've switched from trying to bust out every commission piece that i can mm-hmm. to now i'm kind of picking and choosing what i work what i want to work on and i want yeah. to work on stuff for my own collection right i'm kind of pick, i'm being a little uh i'm gatekeeping my own my own financial situation basically because I'm, I'm i'm not taking on every job that comes but I'm actually growing as an artist and as a, as a maker, I'm learning because, yeah. because I'm taking the time to learn how to do certain things where is if I'm doing commission, I'm making the piece because the customer wants this thing made. But yeah. if I decide what I want to make, it's like, Oh, well I can learn this new technique. Mm-hmm. Let me make this sign. Cause I want to experiment with this. So like the, the, the Alcatraz sign that was in the yeah. video, kind of like right here. I wanted to experiment with actually 3d printing neon not just laser cutting flat acrylic and making it kind of look like neon right i actually wanted to have it bent that would be dimensional yeah and you can't there's there's a a limit to how small you can go with that and print it out you can't go super super small with it because i've i've tried that i'm not that good with the printer but i figured out that that size right there i can print the neon in it's like a two millimeter tube like the, Mm -hmm. the diameter is two millimeters i can do that and I can scale it to fit that sign, and I can take that sign up in San Francisco. So I, I purposely made that sign one because it was the location where I was going. Two, it was the right size to learn how to how to model and three D print mm-hmm. that specific neon. Now this Sunset Drive-in piece that I'm making behind me here that you can see the from San Luis Obispo, this does not have that same kind of neon. This is more what I usually do the the laser cut right. stacked acrylic stacked, because yeah. it is. I spent all day yesterday doing my best to try and 3D print that neon 
it's just not going to happen. So right. it's now going to be like a, a stacked acrylic, which is fine. Right. Um, it's kind of more of my older technique, but for this situation, that's what's going to work best. So it's nice to be able to um, pick and choose what I want to work on because I can kind of target a skill that I want to learn mm -hmm. and make a sign to kind of hone that skill. Well, new skills and new tools, I find, always lead to new projects. I mean, now that you've done oh, that yeah. with the Alcatraz sign, you you have this in your your toolkit now. You can use that on something else. It'll it'll inspire you to do something else along the same Yeah, there's lines. a lot of value. There's a lot of value in learning how to do the same thing different ways. Yeah, like like in like in basketball, you know, you've got the, you know, the goal is to put the ball in the hoop. Well, you can you can you can shoot it you know you can you can uh lay up three-pointer you can dunk it right. you can you know behind the back there's so many different ways you can pass it to the other guy because he's closer him do it. right whereas if the only thing you know how to do is dunk you know what i mean it's right. going to get old really quick you right. you so i i like learning how to do to kind of get the same result but different ways so mm -hmm. that you can depending on the situation you can you can make it work so right. that's that's really been where i've i feel like i've grown is like it's like figuring out five different ways to do neon and figuring out which way is best for each particular sign that's that's where i'm trying to like kind of lean into like learning different techniques for the same thing right so do you keep like a running list of projects or or do you just like make it up just whatever inspires you is I have. That's what you do. Well, what I do is like for my own collection, yeah. for my own purposes. Um, there are signs I I kind of have a mental dream list. Mm -hmm. I have I have themes I want to explore, and fortunately, there are enough signs. Like if you if you decide I want to focus on motel signs that have the word star in the name, right. there's thirty of them to choose from. Right. You know you can and or like um, starlight signs that are there or stardust mm -hmm. it's not just in vegas there's stardust drive-ins and stardust right. stardust hotels and all of this so i i have the 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 benefit of all of these other people who, who created all these these works of art and and people who have categorized cataloged them online i can kind of just pick and choose i can i can run with the theme if i want um but for my own personal collection there's two websites that i really have been diving into one is the roadside architecture or roadarch.com. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that site. I've become friends with the lady who runs it. It's a catalog of every sign imaginable. Um, she actually, all the pictures on the site, she has taken herself. Uh, her name is Deborah Jane Selzer. Shout out to Deborah Jane. Um, but she is like the gateway drug for all the sign nerds. She has this <laughs> amazing site. You search by city and sure enough, there's a picture of, of all of these signs wow. by city in the U S there's that, and then there's the Library of Congress. Um, last name is Margulies. It's a it's a um, like a roadside photo collection that, that was just recently released on the Library of Congress website. Mm. If you search signs within that within that that database, all of these just beautiful high definition pictures. Like they, he took in the 80s, they're just beautiful pictures yeah. um, of all of these signs from all these from across the U.S. And most of them are long gone by now, but it's almost like uh, like a kid in a candy store. It's like, oh, I want that, or like you know, like when you're a kid and you, there's the, the toy catalog shows up. Right. And you're like, oh, I want that, I want that. <laughs> I can scroll through that that website for an hour 
and and come across you know a hundred signs that I that I want to start making tomorrow. So it, I I just I I for my own purposes I look for the sign that meets the aesthetic that I want. Most of the time it's like space space or aviation themed, mm-hmm. but I I pick something that that's going to challenge me. Right. Uh, because you were you were a, you were an airplane mechanic, is that right? At one time, I was I yeah. was a space nerd growing up. I yeah. was into really into the space space shuttle was right in my kill zone because I was about ten when the first one launched. Yeah. Um, but retroactively, I've come I've kind of fallen in love with the Apollo and Gemini and Mercury stuff. But um, I never had what it took to be an astronaut. But I thought, oh, I can work on airplanes. That's kind of like a cousin to that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got my mechanics license when I was nineteen. My A and P when I was nineteen. Wow. Uh, went in the military when I was twenty two to get experience. Got out about eight years later. Did that for a while. So I I have an aviation background and mm-hmm. a, a life I'm a lifelong space nerd. Not as hardcore as some people might be on space stuff, but I've I've been a been a fan of it. Um, and that really kind of influences the signs that I choose for my own collection. Have you ever done airplane models? Other than as when like I was, a kid, yeah. Well, when when I was a kid, yes. When yeah. I was a kid, yes. I I have bought a couple of models. Um, as an adult, but I have some pretty bad, I have vision issues right? right. and, um, you use a lot of wet glue on models and things like that. And I've just, it's always, it's a mess. It's, mm. it's, you know, and so I, I enjoy looking at them. I admire a, a well-constructed model, but it has never, and again, that is, it's kind of like someone else is telling me what to do as opposed to me deciding what I want to do. Right. That's why I don't which, like kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I can be, you know, I'm kind of a, a jerk in some ways. I don't like being told what to do. And that's mm-hmm. what a kid is. A kid is. And if it's a kid of something that I really want to make, that's one thing. But right. um, it's, it was kind of weird. I was an airplane mechanic, but I wasn't one of those people that just absolutely lived and breathed airplanes. Yeah. A lot of a lot of my friends were. That was like that was like everything to them. Planes were, were their world, mm-hmm. and for me, it was I, I liked it, but I never woke up thinking about planes and and went to bed thinking about planes. It was just it was something that I did for a living. So I got into it as more of kind of like, well, this is what I'm going to do for a living. I didn't yeah. really get into it because this is my passion, and that's you know that's why when I had to give up being an aircraft mechanic. Um, in the early 2000s, it wasn't that I wasn't super heartbroken because mm-hmm. it was it was more of a more of like a utilitarian type of thing. It's like this is the means to this is how right. I'm going to do everything else. Is that's going to be my job? So it was never airplanes were maybe on the outside people would think that they were my passion, but they really weren't. Yeah. It was uh, it was just you know at at that time golf was my passion. That was like where I where I chose to spend my free time was and it's very solitary. I would go out mm-hmm. to the base golf course and play and chip and putt and I got a job out there so I was far more interested in, in golf than, than airplanes. Yeah. But I learned a lot. Mechanic I mean I have a pretty mechanical mind and that, that comes into play a lot with the pieces that I right. make. I've seen it the way your stuff so, goes together. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's an engineering uh, the, there's really an engineering uh, uh, <clears throat> acumen involved in, in how these yeah, things I, go I, together and how you think them through. I try to eliminate points of no return. Like mm-hmm. once you once once part A is permanently attached to part B, there's no going back. And I try to, if I can make where A meets B, make it structurally sound, but but not permanent. Something mm-hmm. that I can undo or right. unscrew or, or unplug or whatever, I will do that just because 
I I like having options. I like being able to um, to go back and redo some things, right. and that's you know that that kind of replaceability comes from my aviation background. Where, yeah, you you have to be able to swap a part out. You need to be able right. to take a box, like I mentioned with Norm, swap a box out in the avionics bay. Right. Um, they're not permanently mounted in there. You you it's just it's pretty simple procedure to to plug and play. So right. I try to put some of that into my pieces because I don't want to get five steps down the road and realize I screwed up and now I have to take it all apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something as as someone who talks about this kind of stuff a lot, um, that's one of the hardest things to get across, um, when explaining, you know, the, how to do things or how I did this thing is the why of why I did it in this order. Mm-hmm. the order of March, you know, you, you, you got to do this before you can do this. And it's kind of like, it's almost intuitive. You got to be able to understand, you know, it's, it's something I struggle with I'm being able to explain. Well, obviously, because I'm, I'm having a hard time now explaining. Right. Well. right. Yeah. Is, is like, why, why does this need to happen before this happens? Well, because you got to paint this part and then you won't be able to get to it when it's over there and things like right. that. Right. My wife is good. My wife is good for asking questions. Like I'll, I'll make like that Alcatraz piece mm-hmm. that I took for, for tested. She's like, did you mean for this neon to look like it was broken? It's like, yes, I did. You know, but, but she, she's really good and she'll, she'll never listen to this, but she, she is, my wife is the least artistic person on the planet, but she'll, she'll ask, well, why did you do this or why? And, but I like it because it kind of challenges you, challenges me. I'm not working in a complete bubble. She will actually see some of my stuff and say, well, why did you do that? Or did you notice that this is wrong? Or mm-hmm. is that what the real sign is like? So it's kind of nice having my wife um, chime in, you know, and, and point these things out to me. I don't know how I went off on that tangent. I, I'm sorry. I blanked, but um, that's okay. Yeah, that brings uh, up another point. It's, it's really handy <laughs> to, to have another set of eyes, look at your stuff, you know, to, yeah. uh, a, a a trusted critic yeah you know yeah if you ever see a picture of me standing in my backyard holding a sign it's because my i talked my wife into coming out in the heat and taking a picture <laughs> take the picture you know so yeah, yeah so i'm always i was trying to do it on a day where she's not just exhausted from work you know right. i let her come home and i'm keeping one eye on the light and i'm keeping one eye on her i'm like okay she's she's done this and she's done that all right she's about to she's gonna grab a book here and i'm like hey babe can you come out take my picture real quick so yeah yeah, it is nice to have uh to have someone to bounce those those ideas off of but yeah Mm -hmm. she 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 will ask me did you mean to do this is this is this right did you just screw this up or was this this on purpose the person uh, (laughs) one of her favorite questions is the person you're making that for do they know you're doing it that way like if like i i got a piece over my shoulder here that's real (laughs) rusted and like it's falling apart and she's Mm -hmm. like did you talk to the person? Because she doesn't understand like the artistic approach or the like the she doesn't she doesn't maybe doesn't appreciate it because she's not again she's not super artistic. But yeah, she will she'll be like she will kind of take the side of like the client and be like, are, are you sure that's what they want? I'm like, yeah, babe. And sometimes I'll show her. I'm like, look, right. I told this person it's going to be rusty and crusty and look like it's falling apart. Right. Like, oh, okay. Because because she, she will see it and. It might not be something that she would like, but yeah, she's always kind of kind of checking, which is good. It's good to have that. So she it's likes the more enough. trophy-like signs that are just clean and pristine, and because it's it's very safe. Yeah, it, it, you, she does. It's very yeah. safe. 
these you know these other like the the Alcatraz sign it's very rusty and she sees it and she kind of holds it at a distance almost like because it's kind of dangerous looking she might looks, get tetanus from it that's that's how right, good the rust looks, is on it you look like you looks, might get tetanus it looks, it looks like <laughs> rust and it looks like broken glass and, right and yeah and and i will see it in her reaction she'll be like oh she'll kind of like hold it at a distance because it looks kind of dangerous but in for her she likes more the kind of the clean orderly mm-hmm. you know she's a kindergarten teacher she likes the kind of the clean orderly non-chaotic stuff um but she's starting to appreciate this because she sees that people are really responding to it she the the more weathered the more crusty rusty type mm-hmm. of stuff she's starting to appreciate the artistic aspect of it but yeah she will still ask me are you sure that's what they wanted and i'll say yes big thank, thank you for checking <laughs> don't ever stop checking but yes this is what they want never stop asking right <laughs> right so that means she cares, and I, I, I care about that. I want her, I want her to enjoy what I do because I often, I work all over the house, and I have, I have messes. I have several uh. messes around, and because with with our son, sometimes I work at the kitchen table, sometimes right. I'm at the backyard and the patio, sometimes I'm here at this desk, sometimes I'm I'm at the kitchen island. Yeah. And my wife's out of town, and I'm, I'm working. I'll I'll clear off the island, and I never tell her this, but I'll, <laughs> I'll have it there in the island. That way, I've got a nice. Hard, easy, cleanable surface, mm-hmm. but I can see Matthew. You know, I can see into the backyard. I can see. I can keep an eye on him, right. and I can work. So I. That's why I don't do YouTube videos really, because I'm filming all over, everywhere. I just, I'm kind of a hermit. I, I, I wherever I, wherever I can, set up my tent is where I'm going to work, because that's just the the way my life is. I have to be able to right. be flexible. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with your, your ability to, um, to use social media to your advantage and to be able to grow your, you know, your commissions and your business by what you've done without using YouTube, because YouTube is a content devouring beast. <laughs> you know, and what's funny is when I first started, cause when I, I was making jewelry, there was a little bit of financial income, not mm-hmm. much, but a little bit. And, you know, I was getting into following the makers like Jimmy Duresta, Dave Picciuto, the those kind of folks. And when I first, first started making signs, my thought was, well, I'm going to I'm going to make some YouTube videos and maybe this will take off and I'll be able to monetize and make right, a little bit of money right. doing it that way. But I quickly found out that that commissions, direct commissions were I would have to be getting tens and tens and tens of thousands of views on YouTube to equal commission for one sign. It takes a long time. It would take forever, you know? And so I, I quickly realized that, you know, YouTube is, is secondary. The, the signs are a product that I can sell. If I do any YouTube, that's just going to be as a, as like more art to create another creative outlet, um, not necessarily a potential source of income. Right. Because, I know people who have, you know, tons of viewers on YouTube. I'll listen to podcasts of people who are creators, and they're still trying to figure out. Like the algorithm changed, and now their views are way down. They're these are people who do that for a living. Yeah, you're very much at the mercy. Me. You're very much at the mercy of of the Googles. Yeah, you know, when you're doing right, that. and it's like 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 Jimmy Dresta said something about like you know who's in charge of the pipes, like who turns on the pipe to <laughs> right. the pipe of YouTube to, to get the yeah, and. If if those guys had struggle week to week trying to figure out the trends and all that, me starting mm-hmm. out, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge or, or time to spend on it. I don't stand a chance. Yeah. And I don't and and yeah. I don't want to be someone who oh I had one video go viral and now I spend the rest of my 
creative career trying to catch that fire again. I would rather, I would rather make make signs that make right. people happy than try to chase some algorithm that, that nobody even right. really can figure out. Right. Yeah, I, I I've tried to really walk the line and of do I want? I always ask myself, do I want to do this anyway? Yeah. Is this something I'd want to do anyway? Because uh, it's really easy to fall into the trap of trying to feed that algorithm and trying to, and and I kind of refuse. <laughs> I'm like this is, yeah. I'm going to do this. I have upped the number of my content because you know I see I see the rewards of it, and yeah. you know so so you know I, I I do there I do publish more content now than I used to, but right, yeah, I try really hard to stay in that zone that creative zone of would i be doing this otherwise anyway right. you know right. what i like about your videos is the the production value from start to finish it's it's so good the the music and the the opening scenes and um and they and they're very consistent they thank are, god for royalty free music <laughs> oh my gosh but but it's just i that's what i i like you know, watching your videos is like sitting down with a friend and I, I do consider you a friend. So that's part of it, but it is a very, you have your style and your demeanor matches what you're presenting on the screen. You know, you, you sound like a train guy. You look like a train guy. You, you know what I mean? You look like you would fit in your little town. Like if you put on a little costume, you would be a perfectly at home. Whereas, that's my know, ultimate goal right the, by the way i want to shrink down to an inch and a half tall and live there that's do it. i want to do move it. in when it's done right, that's you know, what i'm so gonna do i'm you, gonna just i'm gonna you, move in you have like this harmony about you the between you you know your persona and your videos and and what you're creating it's a very it's a kind of a very unified thing it's it, i think that's what makes your work so good is that you um you fit what you do really well thank you you, you fit in with that I, yeah you're welcome it's what that. i think you're you're that's why i think your videos are, are so good and you don't waste a lot of um you don't have to preface every single thing for five minutes before you get started you you're i just i like the way you you present you jump right your, in your stuff yeah. yeah you don't get too technical but you don't also um gloss over the first five steps you know what i mean you you do a good job of of it doesn't feel like you're teaching, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a, a nice balance where it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're um, necessarily sitting down for a lesson. It's just, I'm just watching my friend Dave talk <laughs> about what he does and I'm learning all kinds of stuff. You know, Thank so. you. Thank you. Well, you know, and it's a, it, again, it's a balancing act because there's no possible way. If I was to explain every single step and every single, single thing I was doing, you know, the video would be as long as the build. It would be a, it right. would be a week long. And um, <laughs> so you have to take some things as assumed and know where to edit and say, okay, well, maybe they'll pick that up in another video because I just can't, right. I can't put that in there. Right. There's and you, you have so much, you have so much content that you, now that you can refer to people, you can say, oh, I made a video that talks about how I, how I carve this kind of rock, how I get yeah. the color on these rocks. You know, you, you have that library that you can now refer refer back Thanks. to you know how come we're talking about me now this is you know you're the guest yeah <laughs> let's get know. back to you i've got i got like All one right. okay. one more big question for you and then we'll we'll uh we'll wrap it up do, do you have a dream project something that you would love to tackle but maybe haven't had the time or the resources or the the knowledge yet to do is there something out there you'd like to do 
Yes, and there's um, the kind of the the sparks, the, like the initial sparks are, are 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 starting to occur. But my, I've had several little dreams when I started this, but um, my ultimate goal now is to have my own gallery show, mm-hmm. to have a and have a curated themed Chris Rayleigh Route Nine Signs gallery mm-hmm. show. And I have, um, there's a place in Glendale called um, the Museum of Neon Art. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, they have a lot of old signs. They have a lot of neon art. That's the one thing a lot of people don't know. There are people who make signs, but there are also who, people who create right. art. Right, specifically um, out of neon. Neon sculpture. Yeah. Yes, and, it, and it, it is not advertising business or a, right. or a building or anything. It is art for the sake of art, and it's right. neon. But um, they really like what I do, and they have uh, the director has invited me to. Um, she said basically a gallery show is yours whenever you want to do it, and they That's have a, they have a lot of different little spaces. But my thought is, well, if I'm going to do a gallery show, I want to do something. You know, I. I get people see my work and they say, "Wow, that's that's really cool." I want to really kind of blow blow their minds if I can. Right. And one of the things that I the so to answer your question, um, one of the things that really moved me that I saw last year was a show called Brilliant at the Neon Museum in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. What they, people call it the Boneyard, and what they've done is they have a separate yard of all of these signs that are unpowered. Um, dead old Vegas neon right. signs, and they've gone through. A guy named Craig Winslow went through, and he projection mapped all of these signs. He makes them you, through projection and computers and music. He makes it all come to life. Mm. And the signs are just sitting there; they're inanimate. They're not doing right. a thing. But he has these columns in the middle of this yard that that light up these signs at night and put on just an entire like a thirty minute show. That's great. And I've, I've actually become friends with Craig through Instagram when we've chatted, but that moved me when it, when it was, while it was going on, it's, it's, you know, loud and it's bright and all this, it's just, it's really incredible. But at the end, it, the music kind of dropped down and everything just kind of gently twinkling and the music is soft. And I was actually brought to tears. I was like, Whoa, wait a second. This, yeah. you know, it is impacting me right now, talking to you about it. But I thought that was that was like the most art has ever like really like moved me was that mm-hmm. because it was it was neon it was old signs it was all of the things that I love right. um, kind of put on life support and brought back to, brought back to life and 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 that's it a great way to put it incredible yeah. it was it was this incredible experience and. I now want to do that same thing on a small scale. I want to, so when I do my gallery show, at least one piece, maybe more, I want to do projection mapping. Mm -hmm. I want to have a sign that people can see in like a dark room and it just springs to life. And it's not, I'm not using EL wire. I'm not using LEDs. I'm not using any of that. It's a projector, a projection onto a piece that I've made just like in Vegas and the sign comes to life. Set it to music, animate it, bring it to life. Put on a little show, and that is my ultimate goal. That is like the next step. I'm not there yet because I need to not only learn this new skill, but I need to learn this new skill at a level where I can then present it as a hey, this is a kind of as a, a show. gallery show. Yeah. 
So I'm going to eventually, I have a couple of things I'm working on. I do have a, a gallery show, a pop-up gallery at that same museum this summer in September, like a one or two day. And it's going to be kind of like what I did with Tested, where I have a bunch of pieces set up on the table, not a big production or anything. But when I eventually get around to this gallery show that I want to do, I will have, I won't, I'm not going to do that until I have figured out this projection mapping. How No matter how long it takes me, I'm going to figure that out because I feel like that is as like artistic expression that's going to be like the ultimate that's i i'm never going to make real neon signs because that's what there are some there are people who do that and that's yeah. that's its own separate thing but right. in the miniature world to be able to do that on a small scale that is now my ultimate goal that, that goal may change i may it may progress into something else years down the road if i'm still doing this right. but right now that is the ultimate goal and what's nice is craig the guy who created the show for the museum in las vegas he said, if I need any tips or tricks or whatever, just to reach out. So it's kind of nice to have that, that um, him not gatekeeping me, right. keep me away. From it. And instead thinking, wow, that's a cool idea. If you have any questions, let me know. Well, I so look forward to seeing that. That'll be great. Me too. Me too. I have to really, <laughs> I really have to just stop doing everything else and just sit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I have the projector. I'm going to make a target. I'm going to make just out of foam core. I'm going to make a target sign. You figure it out. And I'm going to practice making it. Do, I'm, actually, I'm just going to practice on the wall. Just try and mm -hmm. animate something and yeah. and go from there. Just want you know, just build the skills as I go along. But I think I'm eventually going to get there. I think you will too. I mean, thank you. you. You've you've come this far in four years, but uh, there's more to do. Yes. Another another thought that I got. Sorry to interrupt, but no, um, go ahead. Is is another thing that I thought <clears throat> about doing. And you would be a good resource for this is um, kind of a Pepper's Ghost effect oh, on a sign. Okay. Yes. Because because you, I know you've done that with your yeah your, your rainbow. Is it the rainbow? Counter? There's rainbow. Uh, I also have a haunted uh, Undertaker shop where there's ghosts that fly up okay. when you push a button. Uh, yeah, that's a, a Pepper's Ghost is great if you can control the viewpoint. It's a controlled viewpoint illusion. It exactly. only works from one specific angle. Right, yeah. and that and another another thought. Maybe not necessarily Pepper's Ghost, but another kind of artistic concept that I've got is, you know, a lot of these signs that I make are old and run down. They've been up for 50, 60 years. They're falling apart. But you can occasionally find a picture of them in their heyday when they were brand mm -hmm. new. So one of the things that I might do, this would be easier to do in the short term, is to make uh, a piece that's double-sided. The side that's facing out that you as a person viewing it can see is the weathered, worn, kind of falling apart look. But I want to place a mirror behind mm -hmm. it and kind of obstruct your view where you can't like look around. The only way that you can see the backside of this sign is in the mirror and the reflection, I want it to be pristine, brand new, the way it looked when it was, when it was the, the day the business opened, the day mm -hmm. that they put the last screw in it and plugged it in and turned it on. I want, but it's only viewable as a reflection kind of like as a memory kind of like it's like um you're not you it's kind of an abstract thought but it's kind of a um yeah it's kind of like the the mirror kind of represents memory represents you could do that time. with the pepper's ghost effect also but it would be probably easier to do it the opposite way where the reflection is the old worn out sign so it would stroll as, as the light comes up it would slowly morph into this old or you know do it the other way. It starts out as the uh, old worn out and it slowly I see, I morphs into the, the 
the new. I see. What, I, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, and that would be that would be almost where I would have to almost do that on a. Um, gosh, I'm gonna. We're gonna have to nerd out in private on that because I, I can <laughs> yeah. go down rabbit several hours. But um, right. yeah, see, you just open up a whole big old can. That's of worms that would also be a good use of projection mapping. You could do that also. You know, make yeah. it. You yeah. know, have it start out as all worn down and broken down. And, yeah. you know, the, like the way it looks today and through th right. projection mapping, have it slowly come yeah. back to life as it was in the 50s, you know. Or or like they do at the Neon Museum in, in Las Vegas, it is broken and rusted and there's right. no bulbs in it and it's torn up. But but the projection is uh, projection alone. Bring, yeah, brings, brings it, it to back life. to life. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, exactly what you were saying. That's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking when I do the projection mapping is, mm -hmm. yeah, is have it in its old state, but project the past onto it, bring it to life artificially. Yeah, that's brilliant. Projection. I love it. That's, that's, so that's, there's, thanks. Do that. Make it happen, Chris. I want to see it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> gonna well, try. my friend, it has been a, a wonderful, uh, over an hour speaking with you today. Oh, I really enjoyed uh, having you on and, uh, um, you know, I want to encourage everyone out there to go and uh, check out your Instagram. What is it again? Route nine signs, R O U T E, the number nine signs. Signs, yeah, that's that's easy to remember. Where'd you come up with the name Route Nine Signs? Where's that come from? Well, you know, Route sixty six is pretty is a pretty common right. thing in, in Americana and signs and things like that. But you can find Route sixty six stuff everywhere. You mentioned right. Hobby Lobby earlier. Right. Every 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 place you walk into has got a Route sixty six something in it. So it's one of those things where. I like the idea of kind of a route, mm -hmm. but in 66, that's been played out because somebody said, oh, you should have been route 66 signs. Well, that's kind of limiting because I yeah. like to make signs that aren't other that. signs. But um, nine is just a number. It's my lucky number. It's something that has come up. I won't go to all the instances, but it's a number that has popped up in my life more mm -hmm. than one occasion. I like kind of the alliteration or the root nine signs. Root nine signs. Yeah. It has a nice it's rhythm. Kind of it's kind of snappy. It was going to be root 99 signs because highway 99 mm -hmm. is like That's a what I was going to ask you. It's like right there. Yeah. It's right here, yeah. but it's not root. It's a highway. So it's mm. like highway 99 signs. Mm, it I doesn't have the same like ring. That. Yeah. Yeah. So root nine signs, there were other names. Um, uh, small you later was one of the one of the, <laughs> the first names for my Instagram account. Kind of like smell you later, but small you later. Uh -huh. Yeah, I get it. But I realized I realized that if I wanted anybody to take me seriously, that kind of name would not work. Mm -hmm. So I just went with Route Nine Signs, and the signs does kind of limit me because I do more than that now. But that's, uh, that's who cares? That's my name. Who cares? That's just that's just your head cannon, you know. You can that's do whatever right. you want. I like the idea of Route Nine signs because it creates a mythical space that you can operate in. That's kind of like Thunder Mesa. It creates a mythical space that I can do what I want in, and that creates this is a this is a mythical stretch of Americana where all of these different signs from around the country can be, can be together. And and two things in relation to that. One, you see this sign over my shoulder again. Yes, I'm yes. sorry, we're listening. Real rusty, this logo, it's real rusted. I told the the, the hand-painted sign guy, I said, mm -hmm. I want something that looks like it hung outside a shop for 70 years. Right. And he and he made that for me, and now it's, it's up in my house. Thank you. That's the same version that I have on the outside of my shed, only the outside of my shed, different color scheme and pristine, brand new. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same size and, and, and logo as this. Yeah. <clears throat> but the kind of funny thing is uh, you talk about it being a myth mythical space. My favorite sign is Moon Motel, yeah, which is in Howell, New Jersey. And I was researching it one day, 
And I just about flipped when I realized that, that this sign, my favorite sign is actually on route nine in New Jersey. Um, well, that's the, what I was going to ask you because there is a route nine and it's in New Jersey. Is. So, okay. You know, that makes Springsteen sense. Mentions, Springsteen mentions it in born mm -hmm. to run. He said, you know, right. sprung from cages on highway, on highway nine. nine. Well, that that's, that's, that's route nine. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, but it, it was totally by accident that my favorite sign actually sits on Route 9 yeah. in New Jersey. So, yeah. That's, that's great. Well, my friend, it's uh, it's been a wonderful time talking to you. Thank you so much Thanks. for coming on the on Thunder Mesa Limited podcast. I hope to have you on again sometime. When, after, when you get the projection mapping, we'll, we'll have you on again, and people won't be able to see that either. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And James, if you're listening, I'm going to need you to help me out with the projection mapping. Okay. Thank you. And if you need any help with that model railroad uh, that you want to build uh, in your spare time. You know what I thought about doing <clears throat> is uh, making a diorama of Roy's and Amboy, like the whole, there you go. The, the gas station, the little cabins, like just the whole, uh, just, you know, make a, a like a, a two foot wide by a foot deep, just a small scale model of the whole complex out there in Amboy. That would be a, a fun that would be way to cool. do. See, that's what happens. You start with the sign, and then you get to the ground, and you start spreading out, and you, you know, right. pretty soon you're doing bushes and rocks, and yeah, you that's might right. as well put some railroad tracks in there. That's right. All right, Chris. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you later, man. All right. Thank you. And that is our show for this time. Thank you so much for tuning in, and a huge thank you to Chris Raley from Route 9 Signs. Remember, you can find Chris and his amazing work over on Instagram at Route, the number 9, Signs. That's all one word. I'll be back here soon with episode 203 of the Thunder Mesa Limited podcast. Until then, you can catch me over on YouTube doing model railroad builds and how-tos on the Thunder Mesa Studio YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode, and you can do that via direct RSS feed at thundermesa.studio slash podcasts, or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are streaming. If you want to help get Thunder Mesa Studios podcasts and videos on the air, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. Our patrons get early access and exclusive content for as little as $3 a month. You can find out more at patreon.com slash thundermesa. And now, folks, I've got me a train to catch. Keep moving forward, amigos. Adios for now.